Hello and welcome to episode two of Engineering Judgment. I'm your host, Kyle, and we're going to cover my thoughts on a book that I've just finished reading. That book is Infinite Powers by Stephen Strogitz, a professor at Cornell University. Um, there's a definite non-zero chance that I mispronounced his name, so apologies on that to begin with. But um, Infinite Powers is an excellent book about the history of calculus. It begins in ancient Egypt and ends in the realm of quantum mechanics. All along this timeline, Strogitz gives examples of, on how calculus was used at particular snapshots in time. It can range from the basics of determining the area of a circle to using Fourier series to predict events ranging from how air flows over a plane wing to the flow of blood through arteries. This book really gave me a better understanding of where calculus came from and really why it was needed. You know, I took several calculus courses in college. I went from Calc 1 all the way through um, differential equations and learned how to handle these types of equations. And I learned how to perform all these calculations and manipulations. But it was all just very, you know, cookie-cutter, template-like to me. I really, you know, learned how to do those operations, but I didn't really know why I was doing them or how to get to them easily in real-life applications. I didn't, or at least I don't remember anyways, getting any sort of background information on calculus uh, when I was in college. Now, I can see why the professors um, did skip that a little bit, because there was a huge amount of knowledge that they had to cover in a relatively short time frame. Uh, but now that I've gone through this book, I have a better understanding of some of the reasons behind the formulas, you know, just small bits of insight that's really given me a broad overview that, looking back, I now realize that personally I needed, you know, because I've always been sort of cloudy on the real meaning behind the formulas when I read them in books. I knew how to find derivatives, for instance, but not really, you know, what it meant in the grand scheme of things or, or why I would even be interested in it. You know, the concepts behind those derivatives and how they were discovered really helped me to understand, you know, why they represented rates of change, why they came about, you know, really uh, just an eye-opening experience. For instance, pi, uh, the number we all know and love. What is it? To me, it's just always been something, you know, similar to a tool that I use when I'm plugging away at a formula. Oh, I need the area of a circle. That's pi d squared over 4. Done. Uh, you know, infinite powers, however, showed me, you know, that Archimedes used pi as a ratio of two links, a proportion between the circle's circumference and its diameter. Uh, it's not really new information. You know, I've seen, you know, proofs on the thing, but I never really got a good aha moment like I had when I was reading through this book. It was just explained in such a way that it was, you know, easy to digest and and then it just kind of clicked in my mind, you know, pi is like a link between straight lines and curves. You know, it just, it was just really helpful to get, you know, that overview. And it really kind of helped set the more uh, concrete, you know, thoughts in my head in like a more, I don't know, arranged format that just makes them easier to make sense of, I guess. And um, on that note, one of the main things that helped me get a grasp of how the formulas, uh, you know, that I've seen and deal with actually work was the, explan uh, the explanation of infinitesimals. Uh, hard word for me to say, but very helpful anyways. Uh, Strogitz explains them as the tiniest number that you can possibly imagine that isn't quite zero. 
It's smaller than everything, but bigger than nothing. And strangely, you can have some that are smaller and larger than others. So it's the smallest thing you can think of, but there's also some that are smaller than that. And you have to think of those too. It's a strange concept to be sure, but in the end, it really allowed me to decide what you know you can ignore and that you only really have to concentrate on the parts that really contribute to the answer you're, uh, you know, you're seeking in a meaningful way. Strogatz uses the example of two cubed to you know, kind of explain better how they work. If you cube two, it's eight. Two times two times two, eight. Easy enough. But what about 2.001 cubed? If you use a calculator, um, and I've done this beforehand, so you don't have to hear me type away, you see that it is 8.0120006001. He continues on to show that if you look at the answer in sections, you end up getting a, uh, an interesting result. You end up with the result being 8 plus 0 0.012 plus 0 0.0000006 plus 0.0000000001. So really, in order to get close enough to the answer for any practical purpose, you really only need to consider the, you know, the first part of it, 8 plus 0.012. Um, you have to at least consider one of them, or else, you know, your answer stays the same, and so you're not actually dealing with any change. So you have to you know, consider just enough change for it to change, but you don't have to go to extremes. And because of that, you can just discard those last two terms because they really don't add anything meaningful to your answer. They're negligible. The same procedure uh, is then used to explain the actual derivative of x cubed, where you simply only consider terms that have dx to the first power. The other terms, with higher powers, are meaningless to us, really, in the grand scheme of things. They're negligible. You know, I really had to just reread this section of the book after I was done just because it, you know, amazed me really how much clearer I understood derivatives and, you know, really the concept behind them after I'd gone over this section. It, uh, I really enjoyed it, actually. It also, uh, this book gave me a new appreciation for the knowledge that we've been building upon for so long. You know, I've never once thought before how nice it is to not only be able to calculate the area of a circle, but, you know, with calculus, really almost any sort of curve shape. And there was a large part of history where the greatest, you know, mathematical minds pondered how to find the area of a circle. And, you know, nowadays almost everyone learns that in elementary school. No big deal. You know, it's just basic knowledge. And probably even more overlooked, uh, by myself anyways, was the XY plane. It wasn't discovered that you could link geometry and algebra in this way uh, until the 1600s by Fermat and Descartes. You know, it's just, it's really hard for me to think of a time when I couldn't graph something. You know, not knowing that I could graph an equation out to, you know, just better see and understand how it behaves is just really strange because I've just, you know, I've grown up with it. I've become so used to having that tool, it's hard to even consider not having it at all. Um, you know, Strogitz goes on to cover many more interesting topics like these, but I'll leave those for you to discover if you decide to pick up his book. Um, I highly recommend uh, Infinite Powers if you have even the slightest interest in the origin of calculus and, you know, how it's progressed over the years. He starts, you know, basically at the beginnings and goes all the way up until what's basically, you know, modern day. 
and um, you know covers where he thinks it's going to head into the future, and it's you know it's quite interesting. And you know he really takes this normally dry subject matter and explains it in an entertaining way that really keeps you you know turning the pages and moving on. It's definitely one of the more interesting books that I've read lately, or even in you know the past year or so. But then, as I you know sat back and really thought about the book, you know, in a broader sense, it really made me think about the importance of getting a broad foundation when I'm learning really anything new. Now, this is, you know, certainly different on a person-to-person basis, but I think that starting out with, like, the overall, you know, like, the overarching reasons behind something is a great idea. You know, far too often I feel that I, you know, learn how to do something in a textbook or, you know, but I'm not really able to get to those equations and formulas in real life situations very easily, and I tend to struggle with it. You know, it can just be difficult for me to transform, you know, a real world, real world problem that I come across, you know, at work or, you know, when I'm just messing around into a form that I can work with. You know, and now that I'm in the workforce, you know, as a design engineer, I learn new things, you know, basically as required to solve specific problems. You know, it's a very focused, almost pinpoint-like method, really based on necessity. You know, I'm particularly guilty of learning how to do something and using it to solve, you know, this current problem that I'm looking at right now, and then basically just ending my research. You know, I don't, I don't look at anything more or anything less. I just get enough information to solve the problem and then basically I move on to the next issue because it seems like it's just one issue after another generally. But I think that I really need to start getting that broad viewpoint in the beginning especially to really ground my understanding with more of the why rather than just the how. I think that having a broad understanding of why something works and maybe even a brief history you know, will really help me to remember, you know, how to use those things I learned, because those thoughts will have a reference, you know, kind of that grounding foundation in my mind so that I can remember them easier. Because, you know, in the, the end, I really want to be more, let's say, on the cutting edge of whatever I'm working on and less of a so-called textbook or cookie-cutter engineer. You know, if you're unfamiliar with the terms, it's basically just, you know, the terminology for an engineer who's able to solve problems that are, you know, laid out in the form that you'd find in a textbook, but not really be able to think outside of the box and adapt what they already know to new applications. You know, they can't really push the envelope. They just, you know, reinvent the wheel, basically. And there, you know, a lot of that is good because you need to build on, you know, existing proven designs. And I personally put a lot of effort to try to go past just being that type of engineer that builds upon stuff And I really try to, you know, do new things and, you know, push the envelope where I can, you know, while still relying on, you know, tried and true methods and and products. But, you know, I really try to be cutting edge. And really, I guess only time will tell how successful I really end up being at that. I mean, you know, I really push myself to try and think outside of the box a lot of the times, you know, be innovative. It's definitely on the easier said than done list. And I, uh, you know, continually struggle to push myself 
to work outside of my comfort zone, you know, to make progress like that. You could even look at this podcast as part of that, you know, effort for me to continually push myself to be innovative, you know, more creative, because that's definitely um, one of the harder things for me to do. And I feel that, you know, this experience is a good way to push me to also research new technologies and methods and just stuff that I want to talk about in greater detail so that I can attempt to put out, you know, a more thoughtful and well-reasoned explanations here on the show. You know, it also probably wouldn't hurt for me to get a better understanding of how successful podcasts are ran because, like I've already mentioned, I've researched just enough to get running um, and basically stop there. You know, maybe this podcast will end up being the first real project that I build a knowledge, you know, foundation for and hopefully use it to uh, good effect. And, you know, really, in the end, I guess I just really hope that, you know, my simple thoughts here will spur you to look at the next thing you have to learn in new ways and really continue to push yourself to, you know, new heights, you know, just really build that strong foundation and really just, you know, push that envelope. So I guess, um, again, I recommend the book Infinite Powers by Stephen Strogatz, hopefully not too far off on his name. I'm going to have to look into the other books he's written um, and hope they are as helpful as the current one because uh, I quite enjoyed it. And um, I'd also like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Engineering Judgment Podcast. Please leave feedback on the show as well as what you would like to see in the future. You can reach me on Twitter at ENGRJudgment or by email at engineeringjudgmentshow at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time.